We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky. When we last met here on Wrestling with the Basics, we had Pastor Matt Clark standing outside the fountain of his college wondering why he couldn't jump in there. I have no idea what that's about, but Matt, <laughs> if if you could catch us up again on the story you were telling us at the end of last week's episode yes. and about your friends, because I know everyone's wondering, will he jump into the fountain or won't he? Uh, uh, <laughs> Thank you, John. Yeah, I feel like this is Rocky and Bullwinkle show or something, you know, in our last episode, viewers. We... <laughs> That's right. So this is to be continued on Resident of the Basics. We are we're picking up again with uh, Matthew 19 and 20. And we were talking about Peter, right, uh, initially, and how he's comparing himself to, to other people, right? Um, right. See, Jesus, right. we've left everything to follow you. What then will we have? He asked that of Jesus. Um, are we going to get what's ours? You know, are we going to get what's right out of this deal? So my, my illustration then was, uh, again, going back to uh, my, my first days at the seminary in, in St. Louis. Uh, in my undergraduate studies at college, I, I was in the pre-seminary program. I passed Greek and Hebrew, took four semesters of Greek, three semesters of Hebrew, uh, and then uh, was, was content, happy with with being able to take qualifying exams for the seminary, register for classes. And then uh, toward the end of the summer, uh, there in the seminary campus, there's a, a big fountain, right, John, in front of the library. You know what yes. I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. Um, so the tradition is that those students who take summer Greek, so they take like 10 weeks of Greek in the summer, and it's all day. I mean, it's an intense class. Uh, but after they successfully pass that class, uh, then what the tradition is, they jump into the seminary fountain, right? Um, so, you know, I see the celebrating and jumping in the fountain and, and oh, they pass. And, you know, my first thought isn't, hey, way to go, guys. Good job, <laughs> which I should have said and thought. But instead, um, discontent started to well up inside of me and, and I started to get a little whiny even and, and thought, well, when you am I going to get to jump in the seminary fountain? <laughs> no, I know. Hard to believe, right, John? I know, man. Uh, but, but yeah, after all that, after taking all those classes and, you know, semesters of Greek, uh, I don't get to jump in the fountain. What's the deal? So, uh, again, I was pretty content until I started comparing myself to other people, and then that went away. Um, yeah, so uh, th- this summer I was on social media, and, and I saw that, the, the summer Hebrew students, students that took Hebrew, uh, got to go to the Cardinals baseball game at Bush Stadium with Dr. Golden, their Hebrew professor. And, uh, you know, I, I see that. And again, I, discontent starts welling up, and I start to wonder, well, when, when's Golden going to take me out to the ball game? So, uh, you know, if you're listening, Dr. Golden, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, just a couple of illustrations, John, of, of, yeah, how I can become a little like Peter, and that's not a good thing in this case, and have that same kind of discontent when I'm comparing myself to others. So so, so two things for me, Matt. Number one is I also, because uh, I, I didn't go to 
go to St. Louis for my undergrad. I, I actually went to, to Spring Wayne, Springfield, Fort Wayne. Uh, but I did do my STM at St. Louis. And so I had to take summer Hebrew. And yeah, I didn't go. So if it makes you feel better, no one took me out to a Cardinals game either. <laughs> All right, yeah. Okay. okay. I'm in good company. <laughs> and and here's the other thing. So so you actually, you were telling us last week, you preached that what we're talking about here, you preached at the seminary, at, at the chapel. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So so after the chapel, did you go out and get into the, the fountain then? Well, my, my fear was that someone was going to shove me into the fountain, oh. one of those summer <laughs> Greek guys. Uh, but no, I came out unscathed. Uh, but I only live 15 minutes from the seminary, so I, could, I guess I could technically jump in that fountain <laughs> whenever I want. Anytime you want. That's right. But I do like the picture of the summer Greek guys taking you up in their arms and carrying you out and dumping you into the seminary. From. I was looking behind my back the rest of the morning after preaching. That's right, after preaching And that you know sermon. what, John? I wouldn't yeah. blame them one bit. <laughs> All right, man. So let's see what this actually has to do about the Bible. <laughs> um, I'll read the parable. Because I'm assuming you had more to say than just about that you resented that you didn't get to jump in the fountain. That's that's when I said amen. That was about amen. the whole sermon. <laughs> Not really, no. That's just an intro. But yeah, again, my point is, um, yeah, and here here's kind of the line I use in my sermon, and, and I think this is relevant to the, the parable, is um, the truth of the matter is comparison kills contentment. Mm, um, our okay. comparing ourselves to other people that kills our contentment, whether we're uh, a seminary student like I was at the seminary, uh, whether we're a, a parent, whether we're a grandparent, whether in the workplace, whatever our, our calling is, comparison kills contentment. And I think um, that is, especially with that introduction from Peter, uh, where, where are we going to get Jesus? Now, Jesus follows up with this story, this parable about the kingdom of heaven uh, that, that really a part of it, at least, is a, a preaching against comparison. And and, and, and I think it's really important, uh, as you've emphasized, to know that this parable just doesn't come out of nowhere. This parable is because Jesus sees his disciples thinking again that it is about who they are, what they've done, yes. and that's how our, our rewards will be determined. So, so here's the parable. Uh, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard, after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing in the marketplace. So we're probably talking about nine o'clock here, just to keep get people on their time sequence. So because six, right? What time do you get up in the morning, Matt? Yeah, about six. So yeah, okay. uh, so these guys, yeah, they're up. They're already working at six o'clock, yep, right? Yeah. So you know the 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 telling of time. In the first century, in the Roman world here, it, it was based upon your work. So you worked a 12-hour day. Yep. Um, and so the first hour was 6 o'clock when you started. The third hour, as you pointed out, John, was 9 o'clock, three hours into the workday. And really, the telling of time revolved around <laughs> your 12 hours of work. The, the work schedule. Uh, by the way, as a retired guy, I get up at 9. <laughs> and, and if I'm, <laughs> if, if I'm at work, if I'm at work after lunch, maybe. <laughs> That's an all-start work. All right, so we got him at 6. That's where the work was started. Now we got him hired at 9. And to them, he said, to those he hired at 9, you go on to the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. Uh, so they went. Uh, going out about the 6th hour, so the 6th hour, well, that would be noon, right? Yep. Uh, and the ninth hour. So now we're talking about 3 in the afternoon. He did the same. 
And and here's the kicker at about the eleventh hour. So we're talking five o'clock, right, Matt? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, "Why do you stand here idle all day?" They said to him, "Because no one has hired us." He said to them, and this is at five o'clock now. You go into the vineyard too. Uh, and when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. So, uh, so yeah, well, just yeah. real quick, John. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Um, I, I guess the unsurprising thing is that people got hired at 6 o'clock, and he, he says, I'll give you a denarius for working. Yeah. And they say, sure, sounds good to us, and they get to work. Yeah, a denarius was one day's wage. So for the, the common day laborer, uh, one denarius was the going rate. So they're like, yeah, well, we'll work free for a denarius. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he hires these guys at, at 9, 12, 3, and 5. Um, the last group is just one hour before quitting time, right? That's it. And did you notice how much he, he pledged to pay them? Well, you know, he, he doesn't say. <laughs> it's interesting. Exactly. Yeah, he makes a promise to the first guys, the denarius. In fact, they agree with it. Yep. I think that's interesting. Yeah, that sounds exactly. like a fair wage. Yeah. Uh, but he does say he'll do what's right. Yeah. I'll do what's right. Yeah. That's why he says he'll do what's right. The Lord of the vineyard says, I'll do what's right. I'll do what's right. Um, but it, it is, it is, an, it's odd behavior. You got to admit, you know, how many, how many people are hiring guys still at 5 p.m., 60 minutes before quitting time? Uh, but that's, we, we still haven't really gotten to the surprising part of the parable yet. Um, so it's it's like you were alluding, you're getting to, John, you know, it is time to get paid. They're day laborers, so they get paid at the end of the day. That's it. They're hired for one day. That's all. Um, and yeah, and then if you want to pick up again, well, go well, ahead. And, and, but before we do, okay, because you're right, at this point, the parable is not confusing uh, because we have uh, the master uh, of, of the house, and, and that's either God the Father or Jesus, all right, because I think Jesus actually elsewhere calls himself the master of the house. He, he says, uh, you know, if they if they call the master of the house Beelzebul, what will what will they say to the other members of the household? Yeah. Obviously referring to himself. Uh, and and again, of course, we believe that God and the Father and God the Son are one God. So it it could be either one. But would you agree with me? I just want to make sure we're on the same page. That the, that the master of the house that's that's God. That's Jesus, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So. Um, the, the word is curios there that's used, the Greek word. So oh, master yeah. or Lord. And yeah, certainly one that's used to refer to Jesus. And uh, yeah, yeah, Jesus is the master of the vineyard here. He is the, the Lord of the vineyard. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty safe to say. So I think that's helpful for us to look at that parable then through that lens that, you know, obviously, like any parable, this is a deeper meaning, right? This is more than just a story about guys working in a vineyard. Uh, but there's a deeper meaning for, for Peter and the disciples and for us. And, and so if, if the master of the house is Jesus, then that means we're the laborers working in the harvest field. Does that make sense? Or would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I think, I think all Christians, right, um, we, are, we are followers of Jesus. We're working the harvest field. And um, yeah, and, you know, preaching this at the seminary, like I had the opportunity to, yeah, you know, looking at, at those laborers in the harvest, right? Some that are, you know, have a call even through the church to, you know, as deaconesses and, and pastors to labor in the harvest. And how do we go about that labor? And how do we look at our fellow laborers in the harvest as well? So uh, the point is up to this. Uh, that, yeah, this is how it works in our world, right? You, you work, you get paid. <laughs> that, that's how it works. 
Although, of course, the interesting thing is, is this is not a parable about how it works in the world. This is a parable how it's like in the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. And, and That's very heaven. important, John. All right. And so now, now we, like you said, now we get to the part where it just goes crazy. <laughs> it just goes crazy. How much do you want me to read here, Matt? Do you want me to read to the end, or should we take it verse by verse? What would you like to do? Yeah, well, I, yeah, we can. Uh, let's see. Let's. Uh... Well, go just start reading, John. We'll we'll see. Okay, yeah, just just jump in <laughs> okay. whenever you want. All right. So so as we were saying, evening came. The owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, "Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, so remember these only worked an hour. Um, each of them received a denarius. And now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius." And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you've made them equal to us who have borne the... I love this phrase, don't you? Born the burden of the day and the scorching heat. Yeah. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I, I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Mm. And then again, so the last will be first and the first last. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, John. So, yeah, so it, it's pay time, right? The end of the day. And this is this is where, you know, it, it starts to get unusual, right? So the, the Lord of the vineyard, the owner of the vineyard, he, he begins with those who are hired last, those who work, you know, at the beginning of the 11th hour. And I, as they come forward, guess how much they receive? One denarius, yeah, right? One yeah. denarius, uh, usually a full day's wage. So, so not bad for just sixty minutes worth of work at all. And you can almost picture these guys standing there, sweaty and smelly, who have worked twelve back-breaking <laughs> hours for this guy, and they're standing there and they see this happen. Well, at this point, what do you think they're thinking, John? Well, they're grumbling. Well, That's well, not, I, not yet, not yet. Oh, they're oh, not okay. grumbling yet. Oh, they, yeah, I'm sorry. That's what they're expecting to get paid. Wow. If they, if you give a denarius for an hour, who knows what, 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 will, we, what will we get for exactly. 12? We left yeah. everything. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, if, if this owner is that generous with these guys that worked one hour, well, boy, what are we going to be in for? Boy, oh, boy, I can't wait to see what he gives to us, right? So it's, it's kind of like Peter, who kind of started this parable with that question. Uh, Jesus, we left everything. What are we going to get? You know, And that's what these, these hired first are rubbing their hands. What are we going to receive? And when they come forward to get paid, guess how much they receive? A single denarius. A single denarius. So all the laborers get paid the same wage, regardless of how long they work, regardless of even what they accomplish in their work, it seems. The Lord makes no distinction between his workers. Uh, and you can imagine, John, how well that went over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you said, they began to grumble, right? You know, they, you can almost picture them with denarius in hand, going to the owner of the vineyard and grumbling. And, and like you pointed out, you know, they're whining. Uh, these last, these wor- last ones worked only one hour. You've made them equal to us. who have borne the, borne the bird of the day in the scorching heat. To which the, the Lord of the Vineyard says, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius, right? Uh, that's what they agreed to at 6 a.m. And, and now the denarius seems measly, right? Not enough. Uh, but, but yeah, that's what they agreed to. 
So what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? Okay, so the, yeah, good. So for me, I think what's what's key to recognize is when do these first workers begin to grumble? When do they begin mm -hmm. to complain? When they're comparing themselves with others. Exactly. So it's it's not when they're hired at 6 a.m. and they agree for denarius. They don't start to grumble even when they're breaking their backs in the heat of the day. They're not grumbling then. No. It's They're perfectly content with a denarius. That is enough until they begin to compare themselves to the other workers. That's when it happens. And only then is that denarius suddenly no longer enough for them. And again, you know, the point is comparison kills contentment. So is Anything there else? But yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, John. go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. So, oh, so, so my question is, is there an answer to that then? I, I mean, okay, I'm sorry. I agree with everything you've said, yes. but I am discontented. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm an old guy. I've, yeah. I've been in the ministry yeah. for 40 oh, years. Yeah. Yeah. How come I'm not getting the rewards that I deserve? How come <laughs> I still got the same problems I had 40 years ago? You'd think yeah. after putting in all that time, I'd have it, I'd have it easy. Yeah. Well, I do have it because I can sleep until nine now, but I still got all the other trials and troubles that I've always had. In fact, it seems like my trials and troubles get worse yeah. the older I get. I know. So we're, we're not, we are not immune from this as pastors, I think, is, is part of what I hear you saying. And, I, you know, you think of just the, the misery that comparison causes, right? Yeah. Um, we think of, yeah, in the ministry, and, and, you know, I think there's just examples. We compare ourselves maybe to other churches, right? Um, well, their church is in the city, right? They're, they've got opportunities for edgy ministry, and mine doesn't. Or, you know, their church is in the suburbs, and they've got more resources than we have. Or, or their church has a bigger membership, and they have a bigger staff, and so ministry is going to be easier for that church. Or, or that church is smaller than my church, and so, well, surely ministry is easier there, right? And as pastors, boy, we get wrapped up in comparison or comparing ourselves to other pastors, you know, um, that pastor gets better paid than me. That pastor is more well-liked than me. That pastor is younger than me and has more energy. Uh, that pastor is older than me and has a bigger pension. <laughs> you know, all these comparisons we make, and it just breeds uh, discontent. It kills contentment. Um, and, you know, I, I think of just, that's true for anyone. I, you know, social media, boy, when we start comparing ourselves to each other, um, you know, we're content with our vacation, uh, over the weekend at the lake until we see our friend post pictures of their two-week vacation in Disney World. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we're discontent. Um, you know, I, I think Paul was right when he wrote to young pastor Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 6, where, you know, godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, we brought nothing into this world. We can take nothing out of it. Um, and, you know, when you think about it, um, life isn't about comparison. Ministry is not about comparison. But Satan would love to trick us into thinking that it is. You know, he loves to see us comparing ourselves to one another so much that we forget to love one another. Um, he loves for us to um, be distracted from, from his pastors, just simply serving the people we've been called to serve in our congregation. Uh, he would love to distract us from looking at the one who is the owner of the vineyard, the Lord of the vineyard, uh, Jesus. Yeah. So, 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 John, that, that's yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Man. No. So what? I, so that's you know more about discontent. But I think I, what what I hear you saying is well, what's what's the solution to that? Yes, right, John? that's what, what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, since you asked, let's uh, let's go back to the Lord of the Vineyard. Let's go yeah. back to the vineyard owner in the parable. Um, 
when you think about it, John, this guy is a terrible businessman, isn't he? Oh, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He has no idea how many laborers to hire to work in his vineyard for one day. He's like clueless. You know, he just keeps going on hiring more. Um, and then when it's pay time, everyone gets into Darius. You, know, you work 12 hours, you get in Darius. One hour, you get in Darius. You know, whatever. Um, he's, he's a disaster. Um, but I think that's exactly the point. Uh, this owner of the vineyard doesn't act with calculation, but he acts with compassion. With compassion. So he gives each one a denarius, each worker. And I think, you know, isn't he allowed to do what he wants with what belongs to him? I love that line in there. Yeah, it's all his. It's all his anyway. Can't he do what he wants with it? Um, so I think for us then, uh, what it comes down to is, is you know, we okay, a denarius, we know how much a denarius is worth uh, in the first century, worth one day's wage, right? But, but how much is a denarius worth in the kingdom of heaven? Because like you pointed out, John, that's what this parable is about. Jesus says this is a kingdom of heaven parable. It's about Jesus' reign and rule in this world, and that's, you know, completely different than how the world does things. So what is a denarius in the kingdom of heaven? What's a denarius in the kingdom of heaven worth? Well, when we think of when we think of denarius in those terms, a denarius in the kingdom of heaven, well, that's worth everything that our Lord Jesus Christ, the owner of the vineyard, has promised to give to us. Uh, the the a denarius in the kingdom of heaven that that purchases and wins us from all sins and death and the power of the devil. Uh, that's how much it's worth. You know, a denarius in the kingdom of heaven isn't about gold or silver. It's not about money. It's not about wages. But it's it's of something of infinitely greater value. It's about that holy, precious blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross for our forgiveness, even for our sin of discontent at times. You know, denarius in the kingdom of heaven, that, that rescues us from death and the devil and our baptism, and it, it gives us life and salvation now and forevermore in, in the Lord's Supper. Uh, a denarius in the kingdom of heaven. So, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the beautiful thing is, John, um, we each get an Arius. Um, we get an Arius, uh, whether we're a, a first-year seminary student or whether we're the seminary president. <laughs> uh, we get an Arius, whether we, we're a pastor at a large church and the senior pastor, or whether we're uh, a, a pastor at a dual parish. Uh, we get a denarius, uh, whether we get to jump into the fountain of the seminary or, or maybe we don't. <laughs> Still a denarius. Um, you know, and I, I think of when our labor's finally finished, John, and that's really not until Jesus returns, right? Um, but when Jesus does return, uh, I think we're going to be content with a denarius, uh, no matter who we are, uh, because in, in the kingdom of heaven, uh, a denarius is going to be enough for us. Um, and I think that's, that's our comfort uh, as God's people, and that brings contentment to us, uh, whether pastors or, 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 or people living out in the world. And, and, and so the thing is, Matt, as, as you directed us at the beginning, we, we really need to look at the context here. Yep. Uh, and, and the context is Jesus actually told us what the denarius is. All right. I mean, if, if the master is Jesus, if we are the laborers, uh, the wage that we've been told we're going to receive is a hundred times whatever the good stuff is you had on this world. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that, wasn't that Isn't the promise beautiful? right at the before? But, but whatever, and, and we'll lose everything in the world we have now. We know that. We, we talked about that uh, a few weeks ago, too, because uh, we are sinners, and this world will come to an end, and we're going to die. But, but that's the denarius, that even when everything else is gone, 
He says you're going to get a hundred times. So take the very best stuff you've ever had in this world, and and it's going to be a hundred times better uh, in the kingdom to come, in the kingdom of heaven. And 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 like you said, when you know you got that denarius, really, how could you be discontented? What else could you possibly want? Um, uh, and if I could throw in just a couple other items, too. yeah, please do, John, because that's I pretty much shared what I preached on. So you, well, you, the rest of the time is yours. See, yeah, please share. See, see, well, the thought is too. It, it depends on your perspective, because actually, you know what the word uh, Jesus never calls his disciples laborers. Okay, you know what the word he usually uses for his disciples, at least at this point in time, he he calls them slaves. Slave. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you think about it, really, the fact that you're getting a day's wage, you don't even deserve that, yeah. right? <laughs> Slaves don't get paid anything, right? That's what he said. You work all yes. day long. Do you think that, that your master's going to praise you and say, oh, that was really... No, that's, you're a slave. That's what you're supposed to do. So, so that's one thing. I think it depends on your perspective. And, of course, it actually gets better than that uh, because this, this parable isn't telling the full story, is it? Because we're not even laborers, are we, Matt? What are we in the vineyard? What are we in the vineyard? We're not slaves. We're not laborers. What are we? Um, what, 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 John? What, 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 what are you looking for? I, I, I fooled you. <laughs> Sorry. What are you looking for? <laughs> well, the sons and daughters is what I'm looking oh, yeah, for. Yeah, sure. Okay. In, fa- in fact, sons we're and daughters have the that. vineyard owner. We've got that story coming up, right, about the father who, who wants his sons to go out and work. Uh, and so that's the cool thing. Every, everything we've got, it's our father's, and he's given it to us now. And like I said, and the inheritance of the, the future will get a hundred times better. But but the one thing I did want to talk about real quick, because I, I think it's important here. Why did those guys only work for one hour? See, because as the people have worked all day long, we think they're lazy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the problem. They're slackers. Yep. They're layabouts. Yep. But but what does the parable say the reason they only worked for one hour? Yeah, so no one's hired them. No one's, no one's yeah. come and got them. So they hadn't got the call yet. Yep. No one had, no other master wanted them. And and I'm assuming it's because they were probably guys like me that have two torn rotator cuffs. You don't want me working on your field. I ain't going to be able to give you a day's work. You know, if, if I get through an hour, I'm doing good. Um, but see, that's that's the other thing to remember. Again, in terms of comparison, um, we, we shouldn't be thinking, well, man, I go to church every day. Don't I get a little bit better than the guy that only goes on Christmas and Easter? Now, the thing is, is we, we ought to rejoice. That, see, where I, where I saw this, Matt, is we're the people that got called at the beginning in the early morning, right? Because I was baptized as a Christian. You were baptized. I imagine most people listen to us. Started out in Christianity right, right from the beginning. And we've been going to church every day. Seventy years I've been going to church every Sunday. But see, isn't that great? So I have known from the beginning that God is my father and that I can talk to him because he's my dad and he's concerned. I've known from the beginning when I've done wrong and I've done a lot of wrong that, that God forgives me. Jesus has died for me. When I'm hungry spiritually, I always had a table I could go and eat at. And, and what a wonderful meal. Uh, I, I was satisfied. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, I was satisfied because it was the body and blood of my Jesus who gave up his life for me. So, yeah, it's great that we were hired at the beginning because this has been a great vineyard to work in and even greater blessings ahead. This has been Wrestling with the Basics.